We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. We are here today. I should say I am here today because it's just me today. And I wanted to come in and kind of put out some information about this this mystery illness that's kind of creeping up on us here in the U.S. as far as our dogs. Um, there's a lot of unknowns still, um, but we do know we do know some things, and then about it. Um, and I also want to talk about what we we can do um, as a preventative to, to to kind of help keep our dogs' immune systems in check and keep them healthy in case they do come across it. <laughs> We have June here today. She's working on a knuckle bone, so that gives me about 20 or 30 minutes tops, I hope. <laughs> She's actually been working on it for about 10 minutes as Brett and I have been talking, so let's jump in. Yeah, so this this mis- mystery respiratory illness, a lot of us have heard it already on the news. You know, it's it's been happening in, in pockets across the United States, and it's it's not it's nothing that just happened all of a sudden. It's actually... I think there have been cases since since this past August. Um, so it's been around for a while. It is behaving differently. And so it is actually, you know, they are paying very, very close attention to it. It's being studied at the, the Diagnostic Laboratory in New Hampshire. They're trying to determine the, the sequencing on it. They're trying to see if it's a virus, a bacteria, a mycoplasma. So... Cornell, Washington State, there's some other universities that are, are trying to do some research on it. So they're doing their due diligence to find out what the heck this this is. But this, you know, whatever it is, because we're not sure yet what it is, is is showing up, like I said, all around the U.S. in different pockets. There's been confirmed cases in all around the New England area and the Pacific Northwest on the opposite side of the country, um, Illinois, Georgia. And, and probably by now, after the holidays, I think it's probably in a lot more states, you know, people traveling and traveling with their pets and so on and so forth. So it's probably in your state where it'll get there. Not to scare you. I don't think there's anything to, to freak out about, but, you know, it's going to spread. It is a, it's a respiratory illness. And so we all know how those spread. You know, it's, it's, they spread fast and, um, you know, just, we just got to be prepared. That's all. So, yeah, so like I said, we currently, you know, we don't know what, what the causative organism is, right? Virus, bacteria, mycoplasma, we're not sure. But we do know, as of right now, it is not very responsive to most antibiotics that traditional vets will use. I have been kind of following Dr. Judy Morgan on this topic, um, you know, what she's, the information she's been putting about, what she's seen, what she's hearing, what she knows. And she said that... Um, you know, with the, the use of antibiotics in this illness, this is kind of her quote here. She said, most of the respiratory problems that we see in our dogs are viral, in which case antibiotics are not justified anyways. Uh, so this is not something we just start throwing antibiotics at and think that it'll treat or prevent anything. That's what Dr. Judy Morgan said. So, and remember, you know, with, with antibiotics, they are wiping out the good and the bad when it comes to our dogs and ourselves. 
with our gut microbiome. And we know that most of our immune system is in our guts. So by wiping out microbiome, it's not always the best thing. I'm not saying there's not a time and a place for, for antibiotics, but we definitely, definitely don't want to be using them when they're, they're, um, when they shouldn't be used. The overuse of, of antibiotics is, can be really detrimental. And we'll kind of jump into that later as well. But with that being said, there is a kind of what they call like an old timer antibiotic that has shown some promise against this mystery strand of, of pneumonia or this, this mystery illness. Um, and I'm probably going to butcher the name of this. I've never heard of this antibiotic because it's, it's a, not one that I've, I've ever seen, but it's called chloramphenicol, chloramphenicol. And it is used in humans. It is, it is a little antiviral. It's a little antibacterial, but it's not very commonly used, mostly because there is a, in a small number of humans, there have been some, some bone marrow suppression. I think it's even less common in dogs for that to happen. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it has been showing if your dog has kind of succumbed to this pneumonia, this mystery illness, it's worth asking about. It's worth asking your vet about. It's it's very, from what I understand, your vets can easily get this this antibiotic, but it's worth asking for because it has shown some promise as in combating this, this mystery illness. Again, it's called chloramphenicol, uh, C-H-L-O. R-A-M-P-H-E-N-I-C-O-L, I believe, yep. Just keep that in mind. But most of this podcast today, we're talking about how we prevent our dogs from from uh, either uh, contracting it or um, if they get it, just making sure it's just a light little cold that they can get over. So, yeah, so for the most part, you know, this illness seems to be very, very uh, resistant uh, against antibiotics. So, and this is, you know, I don't want to, go into this too much, but this is why we need to be careful with the overuse of antibiotics like I was talking about before, because, you know, it's a, the overuse of antibiotics is dangerous because we end up getting these, these sort of antibiotic resistant illnesses, kind of like what's happening in China right now um, with what we're seeing in the outbreak there. So we just need to be, you know, again, there is a time and a place for antibiotics, but, you know, I've, there's a lot of, of cases of, of just, being handed antibiotics without even doing any prior test and, and seeing what we're actually, what kind of bacteria, what kind of illness we're fighting against here. So um, just be cautious. Don't, don't overuse those. They can be very helpful, but again, the overuse of them can be, can be dangerous. So for over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. In order to give your pets the very best, you need to feed them a complete and balanced diet like Northwest Naturals. Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Find out more in our podcast show notes. This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. We have a friendly professional team and offer conventional medicine, dentistry, and surgery, as well as integrative options such as acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, and more. We emphasize fresh foods because you wouldn't want to eat processed food every day, right? Visit us at LifetimePetWellness.com, Instagram, or Facebook, or give us a call at 614-888-2100. All right, so what can we do? Um, I'm going to kind of share some things that I've already been doing, some things that Dr. Judy Morgan has has recommended as well as far as as being able to prevent our dogs from from succumbing to this, this mystery illness, so... Uh, and these are also things that 
it's good just to know, just to kind of keep in mind this time of year, it's, it's a, it's obviously a very common time of year to, for dogs and, and humans alike to kind of come down with some respiratory illness. So these are all great things for, for us to know. This is kind of common sense, but right now, you know, would definitely try to avoid, you know, high populated dog areas, you know, dog parks, daycares, groomers that take in a bunch of dogs at one time, those kind of places. I say that, and I also kind of bite my tongue when I say that, because I don't want people to start like quarantining their dogs and, and not getting them outside and not getting them exercise. Because if there's ever, this is probably, it's probably more important now than ever to get your dog outside with fresh air and exercise, keep those immune systems robust, keep their stress levels down, keep them stimulated. You know, just like, just like with the C word, COVID, you know, diet and exercise, as we know, were extremely important in combating COVID. So the same thing, you know, with any, with any real illness is, is diet and exercise. So make sure your dog's getting outside, making sure you're exposing them to the elements and, and um, keeping their brains and their bodies stimulated. So the second point I want to talk about is food therapy for lung and respiratory problems. So a lot of this I got from Dr. Jean Morgan. She's a wizard at this stuff, but um, we have to think of the lungs. Lungs are the first barrier, the first barrier to to pathogenic invasion. So um, the lungs like moisture; they don't like dryness. So you, even for ourselves, we think about this time of year. A lot of people suffer in the fall time because you know they, we all move inside. Um, we move inside to the dry heat that our that our you know central air is putting out. And now all of a sudden we got some dry air coming into our lungs. Our lungs aren't happy. We also need to think about toxins in our homes as well. Um, I've talked about this on a previous podcast, but it's candle season. It's fall time. I love a good candle. I'm a sucker for the wooden wick candles that sound like a little mini campfire going on in the background. But, you know, these things put off VOCs and, um, you know, can be very harmful to to us to our pets especially they're kind of the canaries in the coal mine um when it comes to these kind of things so you know candles cleaning supplies plug-ins diffusers a lot of these things you know the cleaning supplies like we use a lot of distilled vinegar with like it's like a one-to-one ratio of distilled vinegar and water that's pretty much what i use to clean everything and laundry detergent things like that we need just to think about especially when it comes to our dogs and making sure their their respiratory systems are healthy I could go on and on about that, but I'm not going to. I know there's a previous, I know, I don't know which one, but I know there's a previous, I think it was with Lauren Becks. We did a podcast on, on VOCs and, and uh, toxins in our house, which is terrifying, but you know, it's whatever. We try to, it's, it's not going to be perfect, but we do our best to mitigate what we can. So yeah, so food therapy for lung and respiratory problems. So with the traditional, in the traditional Chinese medicine world, we need to focus on foods that help to to moisturize the lungs, right? Because the lungs like that moisture. Foods that help keep the lungs and respiratory system optimized. So these foods would be uh, things like duck, turkey, uh, clams, cod, rabbit, eggs, mussels, duck eggs, herring, Broccoli is a really big one. Spinach, cucumber, pears, kelp, mushrooms. I'll talk about that one as well. Seaweed, apples, blueberries, and and honey. Um, so these are foods I would, whether you're feeding processed food, whether you're feeding raw food, gently cooked, these are all things I would try to start incorporating no matter how small into your, into your dog's diet now. Um, 
and again with with the when we're doing spinach and broccoli um and you know fruits and vegetables these kind of things just a reminder we need to break those down for our dogs okay so our dogs have a they're not good at breaking down cellulose the the cellular wall of a plant cell they're not naturally good at that um we've talked about this um at length in a lot of different podcasts so anyways not saying that they shouldn't eat those things but the the more we break them down they the more they're able to absorb them i always say if you give your dog like a baby carrot just like a raw baby carrot you it comes out the same way it went in um like you'll see it in their stool it's completely undigested so it's not like it's harming them but they're not getting any of the benefit from it so if we can see if you can kind of cook them saute them uh steam process like you know chop them up um break them down as much as possible i guess is what i'm saying so that their bodies can can assimilate the nutrients that way like right now i'm currently doing i'm currently doing turkey with my dogs and i'm also using the five defenders from the real real mushroom uh real mushrooms i actually take it myself especially this time of year it says a little powder um it's fantastic i put it in my tea at night um, but I put a little bit in my, it's, it's for dogs as well. And we did a really awesome podcast with, with them from the people at real mushroom and it's awesome. So I use that one. I use that one, even not just during the fall or winter, I use it year round. So really great product, but those are, that's kind of what we're doing right now. Next week, I'm probably going to switch to rabbit, um, as far as a protein for my dogs. And then I'm going to do some, I'm going to do some adored beast mushroom, the tinctures. I really like, I really like them for myself again. And for my dogs, they have the the turkey tail and the chaga that I really like to use both in my tea and in my dog's food. So that's what I'm doing right now. All right. So the third thing, so we talked about, you know, obviously avoiding high populated dog areas um, where there's a lot of dogs that will, you know, have the potential to spread these, this, this illness. We talked about food therapy, different foods we can, we can feed our dogs um, to help with their lungs and the respiratory system, especially even even if we're not even talking about this respiratory illness thing, we're just talking about this time of year. It's a good idea to kind of focus on, on those foods. And then thirdly, I'm going to talk about the just immune system support. Obviously something we should always be focused on for ourselves and for our dogs. But yeah, I want to focus on especially the preventative care for the, for the immune system. So most animals, what we've seen so far, most animals that are going to suffer from this illness are dogs and cats with Dogs with with comorbidities, if you will, you know, they're senior dogs, dogs with compromised immune systems, cardiovascular issues, respiratory issues, things that, you know, I guess already kind of sick dogs are going to have a harder time with this with this illness. So something to think about, something not to panic about. If you do have a dog like that, it's just let's do the right things to to help build the immune system uh, as best we can. So Obviously, the more robust their immune systems are, the more likely they will to to overcome with ease this this illness. I've been thinking about this a lot lately when I've been researching this this illness and, and listening to different people talk about it. I'm concerned for the dogs who are on Apoquil or Cytopoint, these these immunosuppressant drugs. And most of those dogs are on some kind of processed, highly, highly processed food, usually prescription diet. So then they're they're lacking a lot of important nutrients just in our diet alone. And then on top of that, they're getting immunosuppressants. It's just a thought. I, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. It just makes these dogs super susceptible to, 
to any illness really, but especially this 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 one we don't know much about right now. Um, so if you have a dog like that, you know, again, I'm not trying to ensue panic here. I'm just I'm just thinking really really focus on feeding, getting some whole foods in your diet, some exercise, some fresh air, some of these these mushrooms that really help with the boosting the immune system because it it is it is concerning and there's a lot of lot of dogs on those drugs. And so I just, you know, obviously don't want to see that get out of hand. So foods that support the immune system. So blueberries. Most dogs love blueberries. My dogs love blueberries. I do have to bite mine in half. I've talked about this before. My dogs won't eat my blueberries unless they are halved. So I usually sit there in front of my fridge and eat half a blueberry, throw it to them, eat half a blueberry, throw it to them. It's a texture thing, I guess. But yeah, blueberries. Um filled with antioxidants and, and flavonoids. Um, you know, same thing with apples. You know, both of these are, these antioxidants, flavonoids are crucial for for the the defense system in the respiratory tract. So, and so, and you know, those are really easy to add to their food. Even if they don't like them, a lot of people just mash them in their food and they'll smash it. So, turmeric, another antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and helps with stagnation as well. So things like uh, golden milk by Girls Gone Raw, um, that's, you know, goat milk with, uh, with the turmeric in there. There's golden paste that she makes as well. What else? We have, we have tons of products. There's Austin and cat product that has curcumin in there, um, which is the active ingredient in, in turmeric. So always a good idea just as a general natural anti-inflammatory, but also as a powerful antioxidant, uh, oily fish, as we know, really awesome source of those omega-3 fatty acids that are so important for, for our dogs. And, and with that, also very anti-inflammatory. Broccoli is a great source of vitamin C, strong antioxidants. Remember, we have to break them down. So, so steam them, um, cook them, puree them. Uh, make sure we break it down for them because they're not good at digesting and assimilating nutrients from vegetables. Spinach, very rich source of vitamin C as well. Flavonoids, um, Again, break those down. Red bell peppers, another really, really rich source of vitamin C and actually helps in uh, circulation. And then, you know, some supplements that really help with, with the dog's immune system. And some, these, a lot of these I'm using right now. Turkey tail mushroom, we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Very powerful immune system booster. It, it helps boost the immune cell production. It also combats inflammation. Real Mushrooms has this product as a powder. Adored Beast has a, a great turkey tail that I love um, that I use for my older dogs every day. I use it for myself. But always, just always a good idea to have your dogs on a quality mushroom supplement. It's not something I've always done, but it's just really in the past year, I've really started incorporating these different mushrooms into my dog's diet, but especially in the wintertime. It just helps keep their immune system firing from all cylinders. So. Vitamin C, there are some really good supplements. I don't actually, um, I've never supplemented with vitamin C outside of just whole foods, but there is one, I think Holistic Pet Organic has one. I don't sell it, but um, uh, Dr. Gene Morgan recommended, recommends that product. Just a really rich source of vitamin C. Probiotics are going to be the most important thing for me. You know, remember, I, I said this before, but 80% of the immune system is in the gut. So we need a, a healthy, strong diverse gut microbiome to be able to combat pathogens. So currently right now I'm actually using the Adored Beast Phytos Flora. 
Um, it has the humic and fulvic acid in there, which are really, really potent detoxifiers um, while also optimizing the immune system. And they help with nutrient absorption. So when we're feeding all those whole foods that are so good for our dogs, it really helps get that nutrient uptake as well. All right, all right. So how did how did GGR, Girls Gone Raw Pet Health, get started? Well, you know, I'd spent my whole life watching our dogs suffer from chronic yeast infections, arthritis, GI issues, and cancer. And after finishing my veterinary science degree and working in the pet food industry for a while, I was exhausted by all of the BS and misinformation being fed to pets and pet owners and decided to take a stand on it. My mission from the beginning has been to be transparent, provide reliable nutrition education, and only use ingredients that actually benefit our pet carnivores. That's amazing because it's it's really hard to sort out the good from the the sketchy in the pet food realm. Pet owners just want to do what's what's best for their animals. Yeah, and that's exactly why we use our social platforms to educate rather than advertise. And we work with amazing health-focused independent retailers like yourself all over the country. We want to help pet owners feel confident about what they're giving their pets and empower them to boost their pet's health and longevity to its full potential. So get fresh and go raw with us. Follow us on social media at Girls Gone Raw Pet Health or check us out online at girlsgonerawpet.com to see our small batch dehydrated treats and chews and to get tips on how you can improve your pet's health naturally. We are so proud of our sponsor today, our friends at Steve's Real Food, who help make the fangs and fur podcast come true. Anthony, what do you like best about Steve's? They're whole food ingredients. They don't use any synthetics, and it's real simple. When they come into fangs and fur, I'll always pull out a box of Steve's Real Food, and I'll show them what's in their food. So come into our shop to learn more about Steve's from Anthony, or visit stevesrealfood.com. Next up, vitamin D. Um, I don't know. I kind of hesitated whether to talk about this one. Dogs, so vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin. It is incredibly important. I mean, there's study after study of studying humans and in dogs. Vitamin D is incredibly important. I actually take a little vitamin D capsule every day, but dogs are very sensitive to it. There's been recalls for vitamin D toxicity in a lot of different, especially processed pet food because they're using synthetics. It is something you can supplement with, but if you're going to use like vitamin D supplementation directly, I would, there's tests that you can take. You can actually test your dog to see what their vitamin D levels are at. And that's what I would do before I would I would supplement with any kind of vitamin D powders or, or something, pills, something like that. But as far as whole foods, you're really not going to run into toxicity adding some some whole food versions of vitamin D, sources of vitamin D. So those would be things like, again, small oily fish, sardines, for example, eggs, egg yolks in particular, really good sources of vitamin D. Just be careful. Just be careful with vitamin D. Prefer you just go with the whole food source of vitamin D, small oily fish, eggs, things like that. Glandular therapy is is the idea that like heals like. So there's a lot of good companies that sell lung, like beef lung or bison lung, um, just like freeze-dried treats. Great idea to support the lungs, right? So definitely worth mentioning. And then lastly, Adored Beast has a, I can't get enough of this this supplement. I use it. It's, it's the uh, colloidal silver saw is what they call it. It's colloidal silver. I use it for myself. I use it for my kids. My middle son had a bumped his head and had a kind of little gash on his head last week, and I've been just kind of applying that. It's it was gone within like a couple of days. I mean, this stuff's amazing. I use it for Mozzie. A few weeks ago, he's getting into some allergy stuff, and along with some other internal things, the only topical thing I did was use the colloidal silver saw, and it. I mean, again, within like two or three days, his issues were gone. And so, it's a really cool technology that they use that Adored Beast use in, in that product. That really helps get that get the the silver into the cell. So you can use this topically, obviously, but you can use it internally as well. 
it's just an amazing, it's really good at promoting the body's innate resistance to to viral, microbial, bacterial, fungal pathogens. So, and remember, we don't we don't know what the causal organism is for this illness yet. And you know, this what's cool about this product is it, it kind of helps. It's anti all these things. So whatever which one of those is, it's what's up, baby. It's sorry, Chin just jumped up uh, on my lap. Yeah. So Chlorial Silver, I can't I can't recommend that enough. Again, I've only started using that like recently, and I just I love it. It's now it's it's in our first aid kit. Now, if your dog already has this this illness and is already on antibiotics, um, this product, this colloidal silver salt, is actually really good to use in conjunction with with antibiotics. It, it kind of works synergistically with antibiotics, so definitely is not going to hurt if your if your dog's already uh, kind of succumbed to this this illness. I kind of wrote in my notes here. I said, you know, just remember that they are antibiotics. The antibiotics don't discriminate. I always say this, they, they kill the good and the bad. So um, if, you, if your dog is on an antibiotic, we definitely want to be using a, a probiotic, a pre and probiotic during and after the use of the, the antibiotic, just to make sure we're keeping their microbiome as strong and as diverse as possible. And really when it comes to probiotics, again, this, is, this, this podcast is not sponsored by Adored Beast. We do a lot of podcasts with him, with Julianne Lee. She's amazing. She's a wealth of knowledge, but... Um, it's hard to beat their their probiotics. I'm talking, you know, 30 billion CFUs, 14 different specific strands of, of canine uh, bacteria. So, and in natural prebiotics. So, always a good idea to have your dog on one. Anyways, I rotate through their probiotics pretty much all year round. I just want to end on on this one important note. Just remember that yes, we need to be a little bit more cautious because we don't really know what this is yet and what's really what's going on. But you know, we got to use common sense. You know keeping your dogs away from crowded dog areas, you know, dog parks. I'm not a huge fan of dog parks anyway, so it's not a big deal for me. And, you know, we take your dog to groomer and daycare and all these things. I don't know what protocols are. I'm sure they're taking some good protocols as far as being safe. But, you know, we want to use common sense, but just I don't I don't want people to panic. I don't want, like, dogs being quarantined, stayed inside. That's, like, the worst thing. We know that. It's, like, the worst thing we can do and that they can do is just stay inside, not get that sunlight, not get that fresh air, not get that exercise. We need to get them out now probably more than, more than ever. So, you know, and if you're feeding raw whole food diet, you know, this is or, or partially whole food or, or raw diet, you know, this is, this is why we do what we do. This is why we, we spend that little extra money take that extra time to, to feed our dogs a raw or whole food, you know, balanced diet because we want to avoid these kind of illnesses that have strong immune systems. We want them to be, you know, firing from all cylinders. So people have come into shop, what do I do, what do I do? I'm like, you're already doing a really good service to your dog by just feeding them a species-appropriate raw food diet that's loaded with, with nutrients that's easily assimilated with naturally occurring probiotics and enzymes. You know, they're already steps ahead, far beyond their, their counterparts here on processed food. So you're doing a great job. And if you want to add these things, even better. And then, you know, obviously, like I said, getting their exercise in, incredibly important. This is why we do what we do. I got one more thing I want to add. We had our, uh, I was going to say customer appreciation. We had our employee appreciation holiday party uh, last night. And they wanted me to bring this up. It's kind of it's kind of gross, maybe for some people. But long story short, we 
my wife and I went out of town for a family's wedding. It's actually in Mallorca, Spain. So we were gone for a while, uh, for a few days. And we had one of our employees, uh, two of our employees, Summer and Jack, they watched our house for us while we were gone. And we have chickens. We have 14 chickens. Well, we had 15 chickens. Now we have 14 chickens. And it's part of the story. Um, and so the day we departed, we got a text from Summer saying, hey, are the chickens just supposed to be out like in the yard, free range? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's what they do. She's like, no, no, like out in like the whole yard. Because the chickens actually just have one kind of section of the yard that it's fenced off. And then they have like a, kind of a, like a cage that they go in and out of and in a coop inside of that. So um, I was like, oh, no, they shouldn't be like in a yard yard. Um, I mean, sometimes they, they fly the nest or they fly the, the fence and they, you know, wandering off in the yard. Or a couple of them can do that. She's like, no, they're all, they're all out in the yard. And then uh, she's like, actually, it looks like something got in to the, to the chicken pen. And so she sent me a picture and it was like something chewed like a hole in like the plastic fence, like on the bottom, like on the ground. It was like a dome kind of shape. And uh, one of the chickens was killed, but wasn't eaten. Something like, we just went for the neck and just killed it and just left it. So we see a lot of chicken hawks out there. We have a rooster. His name is Tyler. He's an ass, but that's what roosters are. Um, and, but he's, he serves a purpose. He has protected, he's, he's fought off like four chicken hawks, five chicken hawks that we've, that we've seen. So probably way more than that. But it wasn't, it couldn't have been a hawk or eagle or something like that. He, you know, they would have taken it or eat some of it for sure. And I don't think it was a raccoon because they've been in there before and they just climbed the fence. I don't see why they would have chewed it. Plus it was like in the middle of the day. Um, same thing with like fox or coyotes. Like they definitely would have eaten it, you know, and then they wouldn't have chewed. They can easily jump the fence. So I'm just, uh, I'm wondering what this thing is. There's a big debate about it last night <laughs> over dinner with our employees <laughs> My guess is there's a grumpy old groundhog I've seen, and I don't really know if he's grumpy, but I feel like they all look grumpy to me. And I think that that's probably what it was because he didn't eat it, and he chewed a hole through the fence, which I, I feels like very groundhog, groundhog-ish, very groundhog thing to do. I will let you know the chicken, as I found out last night as well, the chicken was put to good use. Jack and, and Summer had a fire that night, and Zola, the German shepherd, was obviously outside with them. And they heard some crunching, and they thought it was just her kind of crunching out on a stick or something like that. And turns out it was the chicken, and she ate the whole chicken. So I'm proud of her. Summer was worried I was going to be mad about that, but actually she she should know me better. I I was so proud of Zola. Uh, it's a dog after my own heart. So um, chicken got put to good use. The whole chicken, she ate the whole thing. So I love that. I love that ending to the story. Uh, <laughs> I have problems. But yeah, I don't know if anyone has any suggestions or has come across. I know a lot of our listeners actually have chickens. So if they've ever had a similar situation, I'm, I'm just kind of curious who the, uh, who the culprit might be. This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. We have a friendly professional team and offer conventional medicine, dentistry, and surgery, as well as integrative options such as acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, and more. We emphasize fresh foods because you wouldn't want to eat processed food every day, right? Visit us at LifetimePetWellness.com, Instagram, or Facebook, or give us a call at 
1-800-273-2100. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. That's it. That's all I got. And we'll probably do, I'll probably do updates on this. Who knows how this will turn out? Hopefully it'll just fizzle, but probably not. It's a respiratory illness, so it's, it's going to probably spread more. But again, no cause for, for panic. It's just um, let's do what we've always done and, and feed our dogs the right foods and um, pay attention to their immune systems, pay attention to what we have going on inside our house as far as you know toxins and things like that, and making sure they're getting exercise. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangsandfurpets. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.